This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Welcome to a discussion of radical fundamental principles of freedom, rational self-interest, laissez-faire capitalism, and individual rights. The Yaron Brooks Show starts now. All right, so we've been talking about what, to make America, what makes America great, what I love about America, and, and what I think are the ideas that we need to resurrect, that we need to bring back from the founding in order to make America great again so that all of us can live again in the freest country in the world. So all of us, again, can, you know, can benefit from the fact that our rights are protected and not being violated by our governments almost every single day. Now, I got a bunch of callers. I don't know what you guys, what's going on out there, but I think we've got like six or seven callers uh, on the line right now. So hold off, guys. I'm going to be doing this every week. Uh, plenty of time to ask questions. Uh, I'm going to stick with the list we have right now, I think, unless we get by these pretty quickly. Although I think everybody has some pretty uh, pretty intense questions, so they might take a little bit to cover. And um, But this is great. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. And uh, keep it up. Keep it up in future shows. Believe me, it's much easier to do radio, to do a show when uh, when people are calling. It also uh, it, Now, I, I hope... These eight people are not the only ones listening, but I assume I assume that's not the case. All right, let's uh, let's go to Enric in uh, in San Francisco. Hey, Enric, uh, thanks for listening to the Iran Brooks Show. What's up? Hi, Iran. Um, I wanted to uh, actually I wanted to talk about uh, how uh, ARI could effectively uh, more effectively uh, communicate its philosophies and ideas. Uh, you can hear me, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I can check. hear. You. Okay, great. Um, what uh, I think the idea, the philosophy is very important to bring out, and uh, but the thing is that most people, when they are introduced to Ayn Rand and the ideas, are through the novels and through the concretization of the ideas, and uh, I think a lot fewer people are reading the nonfiction, the philosophy, the what she wrote in the 60s yep. and further on. Yeah. And uh, I think it would be effective to uh, focus more on uh, the cultural part of uh, the ideas, bringing those forth through scripts, through novels, through uh, culture. So, so what you're suggesting is more people, people go out there and write novels and, and, and write scripts and make movies and, and write music and song lyrics and everything based on these yeah. ideas. And if that's yeah. what you're suggesting, I agree with you, but that's not something 
that I think an intellectual organization can uh, can oversee. I think that's something that you guys out there need to be doing. I don't want to be in a position, and I'm not going to position to evaluate what is good art and what is not good art, what are good scripts and what are bad scripts. Go out there. You know, Ayn Rand, she started with nothing, wrote some of the greatest books in human history, some of the best-selling books in American history, and made a fortune doing it. And I encourage all of you out there who have talents in those areas to do it. And I think I think that would be a great way uh, that is an essential way and is going to be ultimately necessary to change the world, to, to help change the world. So if, if that's what you mean, I'm with you, but I don't think I don't think I should be guiding the process. I don't know anything about literature. I don't know anything about music. I mean, you know, anything is. But, but you do but have essay little. contests and and some of this. Uh, I just think uh, some guidance and some uh, support for this would be very important to uh, much to bring the ideas much further along. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand feel. that, but I really don't think these are the kind of things that we should be supporting because you got to make it in the marketplace, and that's part of what will evaluate whether it's good or not. Now, if there's specific projects, um, then then let us know and, and let us look at them. Uh, but you know, I, I think. As an organization, our charter, uh, our mission is to focus uh -huh. in on the intellectual issues and to leave the more aesthetic issues, the other mechanism by which ideas are transmitted, to you, to, to, to other people, maybe to future organizations that do this as a full-time thing. That's huh? not what ARI is structured for. But, but thank you, Henry, right. and thank you for keep thinking about ways in which we can bring America back and bring these ideas to the forefront so that we can uh, we can really impact and change the world. Thanks, Enric. Okay. Uh, let's go to um, let's go to Alan. Alan, are you on the on there? Hello. Yes. Hey, Alan. How's it going? Hey, you're on good. I wanted to say congratulations on your first show on the Blaze Network. I hope you uh, stay many years. Thank you. And uh, I wanted to see if just looking forward to the next few weeks, if you have any specific topics in mind already that you wanted to talk about. Well, not really. I mean, I, th I think a lot of this is going to be depending, it's going to depend on the news cycle and, and what's going on. But I do want to introduce the Blaze listeners to some of the core ideas I have about different, uh, you know, policy issues. So there, there'll definitely be a show in uh, about about foreign policy. There might even be a question soon about the Middle East coming up, one of the callers. So but that'll be a short introduction. But there'll, there'll definitely be like a show on, on foreign policy and there'll be a show uh, what I mean by economic freedom and how that would apply. There'll be a show on, on things like uh, some of the social liberties that I think are being infringed today, like what the NSA is doing and, and, um, and, and other things like that. And there'll definitely be a show on Donald Trump and why I'm not a fan and why I, I, I'm not a fan of really anybody today in politics and what that means and, and on and on. But to a large extent, I want to follow the, the, the news cycle because I want to make this a show that people listen to to get – and, and, and a rational Ayn Rand uh, perspective, uh, objectivist perspective on the news, on the events of the day, um, you know, and sprinkled in will include uh, big chunks of philosophy as part of that analysis. Do you have topics you'd like me to be talking about? Uh, I thought about it when I called, and I thought maybe the educational system, and if you think there's anything that could be done to improve that in America, and what that might be if you do. Yeah, I mean, that would be a great topic. So, yes, and, and I could do a whole show easily on that. Uh, so, yes, I will definitely be doing a show on, on educational 
topic, and, and I'll just give everybody just a, a, a teaser for that, and that is that I believe education is like health care. The government has no business in it. Get out of the health, get out of health care, get out of education, privatize it, sell all the schools. And if people out there, and I'm sure most of the listeners out there care about poor kids and want to make sure that those poor kids get an education, start a foundation, start a charity, make sure they all get scholarships and help them out. Don't, let's not wait for government to solve problems. Let's stop government from solving problems because when they start solving problems, they almost always, always, always make them worse. So yes, education system is a good one. Healthcare system is a good one. Uh, you know, uh, the whole idea of a welfare state, the whole idea of redistribution of wealth and, and why that's both immoral and impractical, why it's immoral, both because it takes money from people, but also it's bad for the people who receive welfare. And, uh, you know, I'd like to talk a lot about why it's harmful to the recipient. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, no end to no end to um, to the ideas for shows, for topics to discuss. Uh, but I'm always open to new ones. So if you have uh, if you have new ideas, give me a call. Let me know. Drop me an email. And by the way, for everybody listening, you can follow me on Twitter. It's Yaron Brook, Y A R O N Brook, B R O O K. Just one word, Yaron Brook. And on Facebook, Y Brook, Y B R O O K. You can follow me on both of those. You can send me private messages through both of those, and uh, send me show ideas if you have any ideas for what I should be covering. Argue with me, debate me contradict me you know uh i want to make this as lively as an interactive as possible so uh so thanks alan any other ideas before we uh have to go to a break here soon you know i'm sorry i only have one all right it was a good one <laughs> thanks alan appreciate it you know we're gonna go to break in, a, in, a, in about a minute and then we'll we'll talk from Stuart from hawaii and we've got rachel from uh, montana maybe montana wow but then we've got shu from malaysia I think this is my first call ever on any show anywhere from Malaysia and Roberto from Boring, Virginia. So uh, so uh, uh, stay tuned uh, after the coming break. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot to talk about. And there's a lot to talk about, again, from this context, from this framework of individual rights, of what would it look like? What would the world look like? What would America look like if it truly protected individual rights ex instead of violating it? And the fight for the future of this country, the fight for the future of this country is fundamentally a fight over individual rights, over your right to life, liberty, property, and the pursuit of happiness, and understanding the moral, ethical foundation on which that rests. And we'll have a whole show on that moral foundation. Ayn Rand called it rational egoism, and we'll talk a lot about that. Only show in the world. Well, you'll hear whole segments on rational egoism. You're listening to the Ron Brooks Show on the Blaze Radio Network. We'll be right back after this break. PhD, author, media contributor. This is the Yaron Brooks Show, the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. 
You're listening to the Iran Brook Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, we're back, and uh, we're going to go to Stuart in a, few, in a couple of minutes, but uh, let me just a uh, few kind of wrap-up points or housekeeping notes if you want. I just realized I used the word objectivism in the last segment for the first time, and for those of you listening who are not familiar with Ayn Rand and not familiar with, with the term, objectivism is Ayn Rand's philosophy. It's the name she gave her philosophy, a philosophy of, of, of reason and reality, reason, rational self-interest. We'll be talking about all those concepts uh, as we go along, uh, you know, during during the weeks to come, the months to come, uh, on this show, and and Ayn Rand was the original radical for capitalism. Uh, she she understood she understood the founding principles of this country, I think, better in some sense than the founders did themselves. She had possibly a perspective on it, 150, 200 years perspective on the founding and on the ideas uh, that led to the founding of America, and could articulate an entire philosophy. So to me, Ayn Rand is the first and only truly American philosopher in the sense that Ayn Rand is the first philosopher to defend and, and articulate the case for America as it was at its founding, for America as it should be, as it still can be. And I think, and again, we'll talk about this many, many times, I think that if we're going to save America, we're going to have to do it on the, you know, on the basis of the ideas that many of you probably read in Atlas Shrugged. It is that foundation, that ideological, philosophical foundation that is going to be needed, that radical philosophical foundation that's going to be needed to shake the world up, to shake this country up, to wake it up, to resurrect those political foundational ideas that existed at the founding of America. All right, we got Stuart on the line from Hawaii. Hey, Stuart, how's it going? Oh, aloha. Aloha. Great. What's up? Yeah. So um, I have a philosophical question for you. So right. I often get into arguments with defenders of the welfare state. And they say to me, you always talk about your precious freedom and private property. But there are, there are starving kids out there. Yep. You know, there are all these human needs going unsatisfied. And they cite Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which says these physiological needs, such as water and food and health care, are the most basic needs. But to me, that sounds off. It seems to me the most basic need is freedom, specifically the freedom of action to access all those other needs, to create the wealth you know, that satisfies your human needs. And without freedom, uh, that's not accessible to people. So why do you ask yes, and what would, you thought? Yeah, and I would say even more fundamental than freedom to act, it's the freedom to think so that it, it, it's the ability to use one's reasons to solve problems. Look, the state of humanity in its natural state before capitalism, before the invention of the United States of America, before the idea of individual rights and freedom is poverty. 300 years ago, everybody was poor. Everybody. And then... In the Enlightenment, during the period of the 18th century, the period in which culminated with the founding of America, the idea of individual freedom, the individual freedom to think, to invent, to create, to build, to make, and to act on those thoughts, the freedom to do all that, the idea that that freedom was a right, that that, that, that freedom should be uninterfered with by government, suddenly came into vogue for a while, and we got the United States of America, and these ideas actually spread across the world in a little bit, and then people suddenly discovered 
They started creating, they started building, they started making, we got an industrial revolution. And a consequence of that industrial revolution is that people got wealthier. So freedom is necessary. It's a necessary feature to get people out of poverty. And then, of course, in Asia, they didn't discover the ideas of freedom until very late, really until about 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And since they discovered the ideas of freedom, they, they discovered capitalism, just a little bit of capitalism. They become relatively rich. So in 1979... Everybody in China, pretty much everybody in China, 99.99% of the Chinese population was dirt poor. Many of them at the verge of starvation. Today, today, there's a massive hundreds of millions of people in middle class. Hundreds of millions of people today can save money. Actually, a living, a decent life. In many cases, a really good life. How did that happen? Because China adopted a little bit of freedom as did many of the countries in Asia. When you give people freedom, that is the solution to poverty. So you don't start, you don't start with, uh, you know, with, yes, there's, there's wealth and we, we need to redistribute. You have to start with the question of how does wealth get created? Where does wealth come from? And how do poor people, how can they become middle class and, therefore, and then rich? And the only way for that to happen is not through redistribution. Do you know one of the most unreported stories, and this is a travesty, probably the most unreported story of the, last, uh, of the last few years was a report by the United Nations, an organization I almost never, never quote, but in this case I will, a report from the United Nations that said that over the last 30 years, between 1 to 2 billion, billion with a B people, have come out of poverty. I mean... That is the story of the, of, the, of the century. And nobody reports it. And how did they come out of poverty? Because of capitalism. Because of freedom. Not because of foreign aid. Not because of socialism. Not because of the redistribution of wealth. But because of a little bit of freedom. So it's because I care about the ambitious poor. Because I care about people who want to make their lives better. I'm an, that is one of the reasons that I am an advocate for capitalism. And the people who want socialism, the people who want statism, the people who look to government for all the solutions, they're the ones who don't care about the poor. They're the ones who don't care about making life better for those who would like to make their own life better. Give poor people the opportunities, and you create those opportunities by leaving people free, having a rule of law, you know, establishing the basic ideas of capitalism. That's the way to change the world. Does that make sense, Stuart? Yeah, I agree. You know, I think when you look at the past 200 years, capitalism itself is the most effective anti-poverty program. There's, yeah, there's no question. So, so while, while we don't really have capitalism in the fullest sense, in a sense of separation of state from economics, the closer we come to capitalism, the less regulations we have, uh, the, 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 the greater the economic growth, the more wealth is produced and the fewer people are poor. So thank you, Stuart. Really appreciate the call. It's a great question. And again, going to be a theme throughout the show, throughout the Iran book show on the blaze is going to be how capitalism, how capitalism is the solution to really all the problems in the world, all the problems in the world, not just the economic problems. Capitalism is the solution to 
you know, to the problems of war, to the problems of terrorism, ultimately. We'll see how as we go along. But as we respect individual freedom more, as we respect individualism, as we respect the rights and liberties of the American people, in that way, you know, we will stand up more for ourselves and, 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 and solve the problems that are really out there all over. All right, we're, we're going to go to break here in, a few min- in, in about a minute. Uh, we've got Rachel Still and Shu and Roberto, so please stay on the line. Don't hang up. We haven't forgotten about you. We'll be coming to you soon. Uh, so here on this show, we talk about we talk about America. We talk about the basic ideas that will make America great, have make America great, and will continue to make America great. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to be back after this break and talk to Rachel from Montana about the Middle East. Foreign policy. I've got a lot to say about that. You're listening to Ron Book Show. We'll be right back. You won't hear traditional political views here. This is the Yaron Brook Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Yaron Brook. I should have said this earlier, but happy Father's Day. Uh, I don't know what you guys are doing for Father's Day. Hopefully this thing to the show, and uh, I'll be going out to dinner with my son and my wife later tonight, and uh, actually going to a jazz concert as well. So uh, today, today's going to be a full stacked but, uh, but fun day, and I uh, hope, hope you guys are having a good time as well. Let me just say something about freedom. We're going to talk a lot about freedom, about individual rights, but I want to make it clear that at the foundation of all this, at the foundation of all of this is an idea, an idea that each one of us is capable of reasoning, of thinking, of discovering truths about the world. I believe strongly, I think this is true, the only way to know, the only way to achieve truth It's through the use of human reason, not revelation, not mysticism, not any of that. You need to think, think, think. And the only way for the human mind to function well, to be able to explore, to be able to discover new ideas, to be able to experiment, to be able to be stretched, to be able to really integrate new ideas so that we can live a a, a productive, good, healthy, wonderful life is when it is free, when it is left alone. And not just free um, not just free from force, but free from authority, free from this idea that there's somebody out there that has the truth and I need to be passive and accept what they say. No, it's your responsibility as an individual, every single one of you, to discover the truth for yourself. Not a subjective truth. I only think there's one truth. But it's your responsibility to discover that truth. It's your responsibility. It's your senses, it's your mind, it's your reasoning faculty. Don't accept me or anybody else as an authority over what is true and what is not. All right. With that said, let's go to the Middle East. Hey, Rachel from Montana. You want to talk about the Middle East? Hi, Aaron. Yes, thanks so much. Great sure. show. So far. Um, my question is about 
Qatar and the marginalization of Qatar <laughs> by the other Middle Eastern countries. I always viewed Qatar as kind of a beacon of capitalism in the Middle East, and now all the other countries seem to be turning on it with regards to terrorism. I was hoping you could decipher that for me through an objective lens. Yeah, I mean that's a. It's going to require. It's going to require some time for me to completely untangle that. But let me just say this: Qatar is no beacon for capitalism. Qatar, like all that region, is a pretty primitive place that relies solely on on revenue generated from um, from oil and gas and and the shipping of oil and gas. And I don't think they they do much refining there, but it's primarily they've got oil and gas reserves. It's ruled by the equivalent of a king, by an emir. It, there's no freedom, not not in essential terms. There's no uh, real free speech. There's no real any kind of social freedoms. And it's not clear to me that there are real economic freedoms. At the end of the day, you're at the behest of the king of Qatar. So I would never think of any of those countries as really any kind of fundamental sense capitalist. Now, Qatar is also one of the main funders of terrorism in the world. I mean, we've known this for a long, long time. And this is part of the, the contradiction that exists there, right? They have they funded Al-Qaeda. They have funded ISIS. They funded Hamas and Hezbollah. They are funders of the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt. And they host all these people. So if, you, if you're a Hamas leader and you want to feel safe, you go to Qatar. If you're, because because you're, you're there safe, I guess, from the Israelis. If you're Muslim Brotherhood and the Egyptians are clamping down on the Muslim Brotherhood, you go to Qatar and they'll give you a platform and a microphone. Qatar hosts one of the most radical, radical is a bad word, one of the most uh, militant uh, of all Islamic uh, thinkers and speakers. I forget his name, but he's in Qatar. What's that? Yusuf Qaradawi. Yes. And of course, on top of that, and this is, the, this is the contradiction. This is the nuttiness of this world. The United States Central Command, which is responsible for all operations in the Middle East, all the way through India, uh, that whole region of, of, of Southern Asia and, and all of the Middle East, and is centered in Qatar. We have a military base there, an Air Force base, with 11,000 troops. Most of the flights against ISIS are launched off of Qatar. So on the one hand... They're a massive ally of ours because we have this military presence there and we have central command and everything. On the other hand, they're funding the very terrorists we're we're fighting. So they're the enemy. Qatar is the enemy. And then, so it's it's, what a mess. And then just to to illustrate this, in the last week or so, or the last two weeks or so, uh, President Trump has said Qatar is a major funder of terrorism. And then... Like five days later, ten days later, they announced a huge weapons sale. The United States is selling Qatar a massive number of weapons. So, what the hell? I mean, it, it's it's completely nutty. Our, our foreign policy, the United States foreign policy in the Middle East, is completely unequivocally suicidal, nutty, crazy, insane. Because Saudi Arabia also funds terrorism. So it's not like I'm on the side of Saudi Arabia versus Qatar. I think they're both the enemy. I think they were the enemy after 9-11, and they still are the enemy. So to really analyze Qatar, we need a lot more time than we have today. So let's leave that for a future show. Uh, There is a podcast I did on Qatar a few weeks ago, so you can find it on iTunes if you look under your Ron Brooks show on iTunes. But um, there's a lot more to say about it. But just think of all the contradictions. 
The, the fact that they fund terrorism and we have a military base and, and, and we sell them weapons and all of that. And the, fa the fact that Saudi Arabia also funds terrorism. So why are we even taking sides and why don't we view them both as enemies and finally destroy them so that ISIS and Al-Qaeda you know, fade into history and, and ultimately the American government does its job, which is protect American citizens. Okay, that was a rant. Uh, did I answer your question, Rachel? You, you did. I mean, if, if I have time for a quick follow-up, it would be, you know, Israel would be considered a beacon of capitalism in the Middle East, would it not? Relatively speaking, yes, a beacon of freedom, a beacon of capitalism, a beacon of rights, and that's why I'm unequivocally, well, not unequivocally, with some, with some hesitation because Israel's not completely free, I'm a huge supporter of Israel, and I think any freedom-loving human being on the planet should be a big supporter of Israel. In an area hostile to freedom, hostile to rights, hostile to capitalism, hostile to reason, in a mystical, totally mystical area, Israel is the one beacon of freedom, of reason, of rationality, of science, of engineering, and of individual rights. Um, so yes, I think we should all be pro-Israel. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you for calling. Um, we got two more callers. Let me just take Shu and at least get her question in. Hey, Shu, how's it going? And then I might have to answer you after the break. You there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. So my question is, uh, can, you, can you hear me? Hello? Yes, I can. Can hear you perfectly. Yeah, all right. Uh, so since I'm from Asia, I wanted to ask you if you see any Asian countries or any other country anywhere around the world except for maybe the Americas or maybe South America, yep. um, any other countries that are trending towards capitalism. And, uh, and since I live near Malaysia, I see Singapore, which is like the neighbor of Malaysia. Uh, I see them as like very capitalist, although there's yep. massive contradictions with like... There are massive like, contradictions uh, in Singapore as well. Yeah, so 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 yeah, they don't have freedom of speech, for example. Yes, and, I know. Um, I know. So let me try to answer yeah, so, this quickly uh, uh, because we don't have a lot of time. I have to go to break in like thirty seconds. Let me say that yes, they are. There are certainly countries in Asia, even in Africa, that are trending towards greater freedom and a little bit more capitalism. Less so in Europe, and certainly not the United States. The United States is not trending in that direction at all. It's trending towards more statism, more socialism, more controls. Asia has been trending over the last few decades toward capitalism. That's why, uh, you know, one to two billion people have come out of poverty. That's why they're so much richer. Um, so capitalism works, and countries who adopt capitalism, the individuals in those countries do well. Countries who don't, the individuals in those countries do poorly. I think you in Malaysia can see it by the range of outcomes that you see across Asia based on the extent to which the country has taken on capitalism. All right, we have to go to a quick break. You're listening to your Run Book Show on the Blaze Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. This is the Yaron Brook Show. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Yaron Brook Show. All right, this is the final segment of the first Yaron uh, Brook Show on the Blaze ever. I hope you've been enjoying it. I hope you'll uh, you'll dial back in and come back and listen every Sunday, uh, eleven to one Pacific time, and um, and get engaged. Lots of callers today. That's exciting. 
That's a lot of fun. And um, also, you can uh, let your friends know about the show. Let everybody know. Let them uh, come listen live, dial in. But also, you can download the show. It'll be up on YouTube. It'll be on uh, Stitcher. It'll be on SoundCloud. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be on pretty much every format known to modern 21st century mankind. Uh, so no excuses not to be able to listen to. You can also follow me. For those of you who are new on Twitter, Yaron Brook, Y-A-R-O-N-B-R-O-O-K, and Facebook, Y Brook. All right, we're going to go quickly to Roberto, and I've got a few calls here to wrap it up, and we're gonna, I'm going to have to give you short answers, but we're going to continue. All these topics are topics we'll pick up on future shows. So, Roberto from Virginia, how are things going? Good day. How are you? Everything I'm is well good. over here. Good, good. Yes, sir. Uh, I just want to say happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Um, my question is actually, um, your sentiments actually align very much with um, the anarchist capitalist um, groups. Um, and I just want to know, what are your sentiments towards that? Um, I disagree group? with the anarcho-capitalists completely. I don't think my ideas align with them at all. I am not an anarchist. I believe strongly, philosophically, that government is a necessary good, that you have to have government, and indeed that anarchy will always lead, always lead to statism and to authoritarianism. I also believe in objective law, that there is a standard for right law and wrong law, that there is a standard for right and wrong generally. And therefore, you have to have an institution, the, the court system and a legislature to legislate that codify those objective laws. You can't just leave it up to the so-called market to determine what is right and what is wrong when it comes to coercion. So, no, I, I don't believe in anarchy. I, I, again, I believe that the government is there to protect individual rights, that individual rights are, are, are an objective idea about individual freedom, and that we need that protection, that we can't leave that protection up to the so-called marketplace. Marketplaces don't exist where force exists, and unless you eradicate force first, a marketplaces will become... Places where the biggest gun wins, and I don't want to live in a world like that. I would never want to live in, a, in an anarchist world. I don't want to be parachuted into Somalia. I would much rather live today in America than in anarchist Somalia any day. Gotcha. Well, the reason why I ask that is, um, I mean, you know, um, anarchist capitalists actually disagree with the um, form of taxation. They believe that taxation is a big form of theft. Uh, done by government, and the redistribution sure. of wealth is very immoral. Um, one thing I could share with you is uh, Wendell Pierce, uh, actor from um, The Wire, HBO series, yep. Um, yep. talked about how a form of anarchism uh, existed during the Jim Crow days in black communities, and they were able to actually allocate resources yeah. and also build a Roberto, let's, let's leave this topic of anarchism to, to a show where I can devote real time to this because it's going to be hard to answer you in the like three minutes I've got left in the show. So I really appreciate the, the call, but, and I will devote a show in the future to this whole issue of anarchism and was anarchism under Jim Crow and anarchism in, in, in international trade today and other things. I, I appreciate the call. I will be discussing it, but let me, let's be clear. I, I don't believe if I was offered an alternative between anarchism and, and almost any other form of government, I would choose almost any other form of government. And certainly, <laughs> capitalism, free markets, the founding of America, the very idea of a government focused on individual rights, in my view, is the best form of government, far, far superior to any form of anarchism uh, in the world out there. All right, let's go quickly to Russell 
uh, wants to talk about another huge topic called progressivism, but I'll, I'll try to answer it in a soundbite and then make a closing remark. Hey, Russell, how's it going? I'm good. How are you, Mr. Brooks? I'm good. Thank you. Uh, my question is, uh, what is what is the goal of the progressive movement like, that I started that started under Teddy Roosevelt? Like I've seen them, you know, from the Great Depression forward, you know, starting Social Security, Medicare. Like, sure. I come sure. To well, let's the, yeah. So let, let's talk about quickly soundbite progressivism, right? Something you could talk about for hours and hours and hours. Progressivism's goal is ultimately to destroy the very foundation of what America was built upon. It is to destroy the concept of individualism and to embed in America the notion of collectivism, the notion of the group as primary over the individual. Progressivism's whole idea is the individual doesn't count. The whole point of the individual is to serve the group. And that's why they try to make the individual dependent on the group through Social Security, through Medicare, through regulations, through controls, through expanding government, even through the advocacy of warfare in the name of the state. So progressivism is, a, is ultimately a European ideology brought to America in the name of trying to destroy what was uniquely American, the individualism, the focus on individual rights, and the focus on, li on, on limited government that was America. So it is the beginning of the end of America. I, I consider Teddy Roosevelt and then Wilson as, may, as, as two of the worst presidents in American history because they embedded progressivism into American society. Thanks, Russell. Really appreciate the call. Sorry we don't have more time to talk, but I really, I like have 45 seconds before we break. So it's fine. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody who listened today for listening to my, uh, my first show on The Blaze. Many, many more to come. Hopefully, I think what you'll be hearing in the future is a really unique perspective on the world. You're listening to Iran Book Show, and uh, talk to you next Applying week. Applying the principles of rational self-interest and individual rights on your radio. It's the Iran Brook Show on the Blaze Radio Network.